0: So here we are, Chip and Champ podcast for another episode. Stop tapping shit. I tapped that. We are going to sit down today with the <laughs> featherweight champion for the 24-7 Fight Club, Mr. Yep. Ethan Goss. So we appreciate you coming in on our Sunday, man. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. So <laughs> you and I have known each other for a few years. Um, up when we were at Place where I met you. Yep. Actually, when we were over across town. What's and wait? Kind of slow down. What's Dignan's place? It was the old uh, original original place with MMA that I started. Where I met him was a guy named Jason Dignan and Byron Brubaugh. Okay. So those two had
1: a it's called Dignan
0: Brubaugh MMA. Um,
1: so and in twenty what twenty seventeen we combined with Gorilla House? Yeah, nice. And Ray and Gorilla House. I think whenever whenever Ray got the building here, we yep. uh, kind of combined gyms and, but uh, that was before I was even. I met you at Dignans, but that was before I was even actually like training with Dignan. I was just kind of cross-training. That's right, um, you were. I was at State College. Yeah. That's right. I was training at Lionheart over in State College. And you were just kind of coming down. Yeah, I'd come down every once in a while.
0: So it's going to be a, It'll be a good, a really good podcast. Um, before we get into you, let's talk about the Blair County's fitness Team Competition coming up Saturday, May 21st. Are you excited about this? I am. Um, I'm really excited. I just talked to uh, Mika the other day. He's got, I think he's like 15 or 20 people already signed up. So it looks like it's going to be good. So this will be from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Grill House Gym. Um, We are going to be testing um, our teen athletes here in Blair County or in the surrounding areas. We're going to be doing agility testing, speed testing, some strength testing. So is there going to be like one winner? It's going to be like one person? Yep, one winner. So it's going to be a pretty good event.
2: I think I could slide under the radar and pretend I'm like 16. You can
0: probably pass for 12. I'll shave. Not there you maybe. go. Just have, just have big for my age. Maybe big. face it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, but that competition, so if you do want to uh, ju- uh, jump in on this, it's going to be $25. You can, as a teen, you can raise the money, or you can just go ahead and pay the $25 to compete in the competition. Um, the two, the teen who raised the most money will receive a free month-long membership at the Grilla House. So if you are raising money, if you raise enough of it, and you're the, the ultimate winner for the um, uh, raising the money part of it, then you will get that free membership. You also, each participant, no matter how much you raise, you will get a complimentary t-shirt, and all proceeds are going to go to the Refuge Youth Network. It's, uh, the sponsorship form is due the day of the event. so All checks are going to be made payable to the Refuge Youth Network. Is that here? The Refuge Youth no. Network? Where's the competition at? Yeah, yes, it's here. It's at the Grill House. Yep. It's I did I said people. that earlier. I know. I think I might want <laughs> like, uh, to... I, I thought you were... I thought you were... Just making fucking conversations, sir. Calm down.
2: <laughs> Geez, I was I curious because I
0: might want to come watch. I think you should come check it out. Should come judge or come... You'd be a good hype man. You I, I, ju- I judge everywhere I go. Like, uh, if I go to the mall, I'm judging. He's the best <laughs> hype man. You need a hype man, put him in your corner. He'll be the guy.
1: Oh, uh, shit, maybe yeah. we could use him. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: All right, so let's uh, let's get into you, man. This is going to be... I've been looking forward to this one uh, as well, especially after last week. I heard you had one hell of a good fight. Yep. And that was a unanimous decision?
1: Yeah, it was uh, a 30-27 across the board. So all three judges scored it all three rounds for me in that fight. So, and there you go. Yeah. And this is the first belt, as first a pro. professional championship. Yeah, as a pro. yep. Um, I fought for two other ones before, failed both times in those fights, um, and I had two amateur championships. That uh, which is a one on ones money I fought for, but uh, I had two amateur championships, and uh, that was the third crack at a pro title, and. Oh, wow. uh, finally sealed the deal so and how are you now i'm 30 now and yeah. when did you start all this i started training when i was 18 but i did it kind of sporadically like i'd do like a day or two a week and then uh i ended up i think i was 20 then and i was working for my dad and his excavating business at the time and him and i had fallen out and he basically fired my ass and uh <laughs> so i was like down didn't have no money you know what i mean I like wasn't able to really do anything and i i just got a job working as a mechanic in a trucking shop that was down by home and i thought you know what fuck it i'm gonna i guess now's now or never Give so shot, uh, happens. i ended up um getting a hold of uh a kid that i met while i was there and uh you might remember him he fought gathers and gathers pro debut tyler saltzman yes yeah here. real mouthy yeah yeah so I ended up, I trained with Tyler when I was over there and he was, dude, he was tough as nails. Oh my God, that kid was so tough. And uh, he was a four-time state champ out of New Hampshire, a wrestler. And, uh, was oh, man, Explosive. He, and he wrestled for Penn State. Um, so that was how he ended up getting into it. And uh, I hit him up and he's like, hey okay, man, come in. And the first day I walked in the door, that fucker made me spar. <laughs> we sparred. By five. We sparred. Three five minute rounds, and I got my ass kicked all over that cage. But I was too afraid to like be like, Dad, "I'm done." Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm worn out. Like so, I a- just yeah. literally got mauled. And if he caught me in something, I tapped. You know what I mean? If he didn't catch me or anything, I just kept going, and then we went the distance. And after the third round, he was like, "You know what I mean? I just gained a lot of respect for you." He's like, "You're one of the only ones that will go. Like you didn't quit other than when you had to." Like he's <laughs> like, "That says a lot about you."
0: You earn a lot of respect in, in that kind of um, environment
1: by just not quitting, oh, just yeah. giving some heart, um, and that that goes a long way. You don't really necessarily have to have the best talent. I'm not saying you don't, because yeah. you have all kinds of talent. But if you don't have talent,
0: but you have you come in and give it all you got, people respect
1: that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like that's what I mean. That's what makes a fighter a fighter. Um, like Cam Allgaier up here. I mean, he come in a little bit of training experience and stuff, and you know he didn't really want to fight at first. And then the more he did it, the more he wanted to compete. and he was getting ready for his first fight, and man, I fucking pushed that kid like you wouldn't believe. And uh, I remember just just trying to break him, you know what I mean? And he just would not break. He, I mean, he was dead tired. He was gassed, and he was still trying to take me down. He was still just like covering up, trying to defend. Like he would not be there. Dude, right, I'm done. You know what I mean? You see it a lot with guys. Like, I've seen guys quitting drills. Right. And I mean, oh, this is too much. It's too much. It's like, no, you ain't enough. <laughs> this ain't too much. You just ain't enough. So, you got to understand that you're going to a war absolutely yeah like I mean that. when you when you step in a ring it's you or him you know mm-hmm. if you're not fully prepared when you step in a ring like you're physically gonna get hurt yep. and uh, you know that's something you're gonna learn the hard way if you don't figure it out in the gym and Mike Tyson
0: uh, used to say that he would try to break people's will before the fight oh yeah he said he, said he would know how to stare down mm-hmm. the guy would look away he knew at that point he won the fight. Yeah, He said it's all about that mindset of understanding how to break someone's will. Yeah, the mental
1: warfare, the yep. That's like why you have somebody like Conor McGregor was so good at it, you know what I mean? Because he would just toy with them before the fight and get in their heads and all that stuff and uh, get them all flustered. Like that, the auto fight, Conor and auto. Like, you could see like auto was feeling pressure like he never felt before. And on a 25-fight win streak, You know what I mean? The champ defended the title 13 times. Yeah. He's getting ready to face this brash Irishman that has literally talked shit for months. You know what I mean? 13 seconds. And Aldo just was like, so like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to hit him as hard as I can. Tried to, fucking bam, that's it. He's sleeping on the floor. And that
0: was, I think what happened there, like you said, he just, Aldo just, he uh, was so mad. He got, he got knocked off the square. Um, McGregor just talked enough shit that he wasn't used to that and. He was so mad, and he doesn't fight good mad. He can be yeah. too angry and open himself up, man. So yep. so since we're on the subject of mindset, we we're going to touch on this later, but since we're on it, like, what's your mindset? How do you mentally prepare to go into that
1: ring and or to go into that cage and, and get ready to go to battle the way you do? Uh, Basically, it's just everything you do in the gym. Um, so like this last camp, I basically did two back-to-back camps because I was supposed to fight February 5th. Um, and the kid that I was supposed to fight pulled out two weeks out from the fight and uh you know it was kind of well, and, and I go a lot off like gut feelings too and uh so like they did have they found someone out of South Carolina and it was a complete opposite type of fight than what I was getting ready for and I just didn't have the like it was like you know what like it just don't feel right so I'm not going to do it and you know we'll we'll bump it to a later date as a kid that pulled out, supposedly was saying he wanted to, he got COVID or wasn't feeling good from having COVID or something. And, uh, he says, oh, you know, I, I really want this fight. I want to book it a later date. So I was like, all right, we'll, we'll give him that option. And then they turned around and said, oh, we can't be ready. I, th- I think we went from February 5th to April 16th. He's like, "Oh, There's no way I'm going to be ready by April 16th. And then the prick took a fight March 12th. Oh, no, instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, it kind of, kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Um, uh, he didn't want to fight. Like, the kid had, he had, uh, I think his first three wins were ever, guys, that were, I think it was a 0 and 10, an 0-10, an 0-7, a 1-15, like, he was fighting bump fighters. I mean, he was, he was picking. Had his crew. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, he, he didn't want to fight, you know, me, I guess. And, uh, you know, it wasn't that I was coming in with some great record, I just, I, like to this day, I mean, I think I'm 8-6 as a pro, but, uh. I'm eight and six against fucking savages. Like, ever since I was, ever since I was an amateur, like, I went to the guy's hometown, and, uh, fought, I fought the number one ranked kid in the nation. I fought twice in one week before, um, fought, I don't know how many of these tough dudes, you know, the the last guy that, uh, the guy that beat me in that last title fight that I had, back here three years ago, he immediately got signed to, you know, Bellator right off the bat, or right after he beat me. And, uh, so it's like, you know, I was fighting hammers and I don't, like on paper, if you look at the record, like, yeah, it looks like it's a winnable fight. But then when you start watching, it's like, oh, well, it's one you're gonna have to earn. You know what I mean? Cause I'm not, I'm not sitting down for anybody, but no, as far as the mentality goes, it's all part of the training. Um, when you, when you're up there, like one of the things that happened this camp that it was, it, it worked out great was they didn't want to put anybody else on the card. Like, when I say they, I mean Ray and Darren, two right. coaches. And uh, they wanted to limit this camp to, like, man, you know, this is a big fight. This is a big, you know, this is a game changer. We right. win, the, win, win the championship, you know, it can send us somewhere else. And uh, so they focused on me and the whole camp. Like, Darren was pushing, like, he never pushed. And I started feeling great, like, started the camp feeling pretty good. And the longer it went, it was just getting better and better and better. I mean, we shark tank drills. We shark tank uh, sparring rounds. And for people that don't know what shark tank is, it's basically like bowling the ring. Yeah. I stay in, for, and I would do five, five-minute rounds, and every two minutes a new guy came in. So I was getting a fresh body every two minutes. End of the first round, take your minute break, break back and do it again. No, I'm, I stay in that whole entire time. And we uh, was fortunate enough to have some Kids come in from other gyms, and uh, you know I think it was kind of a shock to them because they never seen something. They were they were a couple of amateur fighters. They were guys coming up, and like one kid said to Darren, I think he said I had a I had like a I don't want to say a bad, but I didn't have the best like fourth round that day. And Darren was like, "All right, you doing one more?" He said, "You fucking suck that round." And this <laughs> kid that come in that day, he was like. Dude, he's been in there for twenty minutes. Darren's like, he's been in there for twenty four minutes. He's gonna be in there for five more. Get in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody not know Darren Cassidy, he's one of the coaches here. Um, terrific man, but he uh, pulls pull no punches either. No, he's here to make you better. So yeah. he's not gonna to coddle to you. He's not gonna hold your hand,
1: but you're gonna learn how to oh, fight. Oh yeah, he's. mean, he's the type of guy you're either gonna love him or you're gonna hate him. He's a like, cause he is like he's hardcore, a type yeah. of Yeah, and like he's like you could never have him coach a school. Team, <laughs> like, because you're you're getting called names, and you know what I mean. You get. But down I wish you would, because you know what? That's oh, like, how you exactly. create winners. That's exactly. exactly how you create yeah. and that's why that's why his boy was a state yeah. champion. You yeah. know he's what I mean? Undefeated state best. champ, and his other boy coming up as a savage on the mats too. Like, he just he pushes these kids. And Darren and, also has a passion for
0: it. He yeah, loves the coach. I mean, he his heart is
1: into it. He doesn't just Absolutely. show up with paychecks so he's good. As, as far as, like, the training and everything goes, you know what I mean? As you're doing that, you're just you, your confidence is just building, you know what I mean? The whole time you're up there doing it, like, you're like, motherfucker, I know I can go, I can do ten rounds, let alone five. And that's you know part I mean? of the training is learning, yeah. building that confidence. Literally, reps, 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 you know, reps in the gym. And that's all I tell people, like, new kids that want to come in and do it, is, like, just keep showing up, you know what I mean? They, It's hard for them to see. Like, for me, they, they see, like, where I'm at and the level I'm at now. And they're like, oh well, it's like easy for you. It's like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? You weren't like you weren't there ten years ago when I was getting my face beat in. Right. You know what I mean? I was coming home with black eyes and busted up nose, the time bloody time lips. Yeah, away. you you got to do your pushups. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like anything else. You ain't gonna do anything in life unless you do your pushups. Everybody's got to start at the bottom, right. and if you don't start at the bottom, you don't appreciate it. You know what I mean? That's just the bottom of uh, the bottom line to it, but. Um, George Saint Pierre said once, he said, you know, when you show up at a fight,
0: he said when you see me on TV and I'm fighting, that's the easy part.
1: Yeah. He said oh, okay. the hard part
0: was already done in trading training camp no, where nobody
1: can see it. Said, Absolutely. That's the hardest part of it. Yeah, I mean you push, like you there's times where you're just like you, you gotta show up here, you know, show up Monday, you feel great, you push like hell on Monday. Tuesday, you're so sore, you walk in the door, Wednesday even so, you're Jesus so sore, Christ. you're walking the door and you're like, like, Fuck, it. I just wanted to stay home but like you can't, you know what I mean? Because if I stay home, like dude, I'm fighting's working. Or he might be where I don't know yeah. what he's doing, but if he, I don't want to be outworked, you know. And, uh, you know, with Ray, obviously, Ray runs an amazing cardio and conditioning program, and Ray fucking kills us on. I mean, he's, he's like a psycho with that shit. Yeah, I've seen you guys back there yeah. doing some stuff. Yeah. right. Like, I it, like,
2: I it is, that. that does not look oh, no, I've never seen anything that I was like, oh, I could go over there. No, it's, no, it's brutal, no, but like, no, that
1: looks fun. <laughs> the last two that we did, last two or three that we did, I was breezing through them, you know what I mean, like, we were doing, that day, we were in there, I think you guys were in there, we were doing the Friday, box jumps yeah, and stuff, Friday, um, this, well, I wouldn't hear Friday for no, it, the, yeah, but so, really, when yeah. I was getting ready for my fight, uh, we were doing the box jumps and shit, and like, I was just starting to run away with it, you know what I mean, which I was going with Sheldon and Dan, which is a, you know, light heavyweight and a heavyweight, um, and I was just starting to like pull away from them, you know what I mean, and start But I was so much in so much better shape from doing this, you know, longer. Cause I was doing them workouts and stuff back here kind of before they started, so they were just getting into it. And I was, you know, already back there doing it a couple weeks before them. And uh, like, it just, I'm blowing through this, like it's nothing. And I'm like, motherfucker, like I am, I am an animal right now. Like, this is going to be a great great fight like there's no way my conditioning is going to be off but uh and, and that's the way it was in the fight like if you watch the fight the commentators were like we we're going into the third round and they were like you know goss literally looks like a fighter that just walked down the ramp he doesn't look like somebody that's been in there for 10 minutes and like i just if the fight was over i wasn't even breathing heavy like it was just it was a spectacular night for me just everything went into place that's awesome so so, would you
0: contribute? I know that the training and everything else, there's a lot to contribute, but the one deciding factor between, like, you winning or losing that fight in a decision is your conditioning. Would you say that you uh, kind of outworked them, or is it
1: more of just... It's just, so, like, if you can set a pace, like, that's one thing you feel in fighting. Like, you feel it in the gym, too. Like, I can feel, like, if I'm going with you, Scotty, and we're sparring, I can feel when you start getting tired, right? And when you start getting tired, and I'm not tired, I know that. That's and I'm like, I'm like, he, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you're, in <laughs> you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're in a pretty bad way right now because I'm not as tired as you are. Right. Like, And there's fights where you do get tired. It depends on how the fights go. The last one, last August, um, I fought that kid right out of Bellator in Johnstown. And uh, Skylar Sudo was his name. He came right out of Bellator. He just fought one of Bellator's top guys. Um, one of their top ten ranked bantamweights. This kid went down to Bantamweight. I don't know how he went down to Bantamweight because he was a big featherweight. And uh, he, and I think he, he credited, he was like, hey, he's like, but that weight cut was like, I'll never do that again. That was too much. But he, uh, I was in there with him and we knew this, like, if I did not show up and I did not do what the coaches, you know, told me to do, I was going to lose. Right. You know what I mean? There was, I, I couldn't chance it with a kid like this. I had to listen to the coaches. I had to do what we trained. And, You know, it's like anything else. There's nights you show up and you just, you might be flat footed, you know what I mean? No matter how much you prepare, you might be, you know what I mean? You just, you feel off or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kept, you know what I mean? I just, as the fight went on, like it was a grueling fight because it was stand up, strike. We had striking or grappling. I mean, the fight went everywhere, clinch everywhere. And it was a grueling fight, but like midway through the fight, you know, I could see he was slowing down and I'm like, I'm tired. I ain't that tired Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your
0: hands were still
2: up you were still having the energy Yeah. It's, to back it's, up a second How? explain so I don't know a whole lot about fighting mm-hmm. so when you say it goes to decision so that, I'm assuming that means it was not a knockout fight right? no
1: that means so what are you looking at if it goes to a decision a it uh, it's obviously there wasn't a finish which means they're running a TKO they're a KO they're running a submission um, what they look for in a fight and it goes by like order so they go for effective striking or effective grappling, which one, wherever the fight's at. So if it's if it's a ground fight, like it's more of a grappling match, like who's controlling the grappling? Who's the most effective grappler? Uh, or who's the most effective striker if, if it's on the feet? And it goes from effective striking, effective grappling, to uh, if, if there isn't much action, then it goes to octagon control. Now octagon control is basically you're in a circle, right? Nine times out of 10, if you're the man in the middle and the guy that's outside is kind of running, he's not, not really landing anything, you're the guy stalking him down, you have octagon control. And there's, there's fights like that happen where there ain't much action going on. I mean, they're trying, but there ain't much action going on. The guys are evading each other's shots aren't landing. The guy that's pushing the pace or controlling the center of the ring is usually the guy that's technically winning the fight. But it's still, there's so many, like the judging is kind of hard to follow because you could have a guy dancing around the outside, picking that guy in the middle apart, you know what I mean? I can just like pop, especially if you're a long rangey guy, you can pick a short guy apart from the outside and I'm the one doing the effective striking, even though he's got the octagon control, but because I have the effective striking, that outweighs the octagon control. So that's how that pans out for that. But it's, I mean, it, it is, there's been a lot, of, a lot of questionable fights. The majority of my losses were split decision losses. That, I mean, there's some that I, I will straight up tell you that I lost my pro debut. I lost a split decision. I went down to 135 pounds and uh, biggest mistake I ever made in my career.
0: How, how, how much do you usually weigh what, what do you walk around at?
1: Right around 170. That's a huge weight cut. So I cut to 45 for my fights now and uh, I wrestled like when I was in high school I wrestled 145 um so I basically cut down to that weight for the fights but uh to do to go to 135 it was just too much man it was just like I felt like so weak it felt like such a noodle in there plus I cut wrong too I didn't know I didn't know how to cut like I do now you know with the water loading and all that shit that's right. the science so when, behind it. when you're
2: cutting how much of a I mean at some point you got to be risking losing strength right you gotta, you oh, gotta, yeah. I mean, it's significant. Yeah. So, like, your walk-around weight that you that you have when you're training, I mean, you got to
0: feel, like, a major deficit in power. Well, here, right? I mean, here's the theory behind it. You'd rather cut, so you want to be strong for the weight class. So if he's at 170, you know, let's say he cuts to 145, by the time he's ready to fight, he's already put some of the water weight back yeah. on. So he's probably going to ready to fight at 150, so, 155. 150. Probably.
1: So, like, I go off what I feel best at during the camp. And it's usually, for me, anywhere from 155 to 158. So, it's like, when I'm down to that weight, that's when I'm moving the fastest. That's when I'm, everything's on. Like, I'm hitting hard. Like, that's where I feel the best. Now, everyone's like, why don't you fight at 155? Well, them sons of bitches at 155 come down from 190. That's right. You know what I mean, what guy, Everybody's different. There's guys that put 20, 25 pounds on in a day. Yep. You know what I mean? I try to limit it to 10 to 12 for myself. But, because um, that's just where I feel best at. But... As far as the cut goes, like I learned about the water load, and the water load is I drink two gallons of water a day.
0: This the chillsawing cut. Is this what song used he, to He
1: yeah he talks about doing three. Yep yep, and uh, I drink two gallons a day for a week straight, and then the week of, I used to what I used to do would be tapered back. Well I started just doing I'd do two gallons for a week straight and then two gallons, clear up to, where I'm getting ready to do the final water cut, and you. Instantly, Like, when I started my water load, I think I dropped five pounds in one practice up here. You know what I mean? Because I, I was intaking so much water, and you start pissing a lot and all this stuff. And uh, The key to it all is the week of the fight. So if you weigh in Friday night, I guess it would be, you weigh in Friday night, say Wednesday is your last day to have any sodium in your system. So Wednesday, I cut out, like Wednesday night, that's it, I cut out all sodium. Sodium's in everything, that's the hard part. Right. Um, so I cut out all sodium. You're basically down to eating vegetables at this point. And, uh, when you go in and you do the cut, then Friday, it comes out of you like a fucking it looks like somebody pouring a cup of water <laughs> out of you. But, uh, it's, it's grueling. No, it still sucks to do it. Like, it's just, you're like, ah, you're sitting in there in 180 degree sauna and you're just starting to feel miserable. Yeah. And, um, but I think I cut six pounds on Friday this last time Damn. and, uh, I did a six-pound water cut, and I did it and probably... I kind of, like, I didn't force myself to stay in the sauna to where I was about ready to die. So I would do, like, I think I started with a 25-minute session, stepped out for five, went back in for 15, stepped out for five. You know what I mean? And I checked my weight. I was down to 40, 48 and a half. I started at 51. Went back in, 10 minutes in, five out, 10 in, five out, 10 in, five out. I was down to 146. And in a non-title fight, I'm one weight because I'm allowed to have a pound over. So you're if it's a 145 pound fight, I'm allowed to weigh 146 in a non-title fight. Do that that was a title fight, I would be 145. 100%. So I went back in and, you know, a couple more times and did the same thing until I was on 145. And I was right on the dot and I'm like, well, I'm gonna go in for 10 more minutes just so I can drink. Cause you get so like caught in mouth and dry mouth and stuff from it, it sucks. But so I went back in, I think I dropped another half a pound. And basically in ten minutes I dropped. I was down to one forty four point four. That's crazy. And then I come out and drank. Wow. You know, drank half a bottle of water and went home. And now know, that got rehydration it. process. So you have to now get as close to as healthy as you can for that fight now, right? So I mean, over yeah, yeah. Do you uh, do you,
0: like liquid IV or anything, or do you just?
1: Yeah. Just take so off I, do pedi- pedi- yep. I do P D. Obviously P D I do two two le- bottles of P pedi- D You can get. I'll do one, right? at YN's. I drink, I also drink um, MR, uh, meal replacement drinks, MRDs, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll drink them, so, because what happens is, if you go like stuff your face in a restaurant or something like that, and you gotta eat, and like next thing you know, your like, stomach feels oh, bloated, and then you're like, and you gotta shit, and then it's like, it's, so, it's, so I drink them, I'll drink like, two of them right after weigh-ins and that puts like the nutrients and stuff back in you know where you like it kind of slowly gets it started and then uh, like I usually like to eat um, I like to get some carbs or like whether it's mashed potatoes or you know what I mean anything like that and uh, I like a good steak so I'll go get like a and but I won't go crazy I'll get like a little six ounce sirloin or something, something and uh, maybe eat like a little salad with it and you know just put the put the weight back on kind of slowly you you can do an IV which is the fastest way to rehydrate, which we I've done it before, but it's like... Is it legal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I some... I think it was... Like, in the UFC, it became not legal because I, of the, I, I think USADA kind of put an end to it, the, yeah. their doping system they have. But uh, as far as, like, regional CNGA, you can do IVs, but you fully rehydrate in a matter of, you know, a half hour. Like, you can feel yourself, like feeling out. You know what I mean? Right. You can feel, because your face is all sucked in and shit. And you can just feel yourself feeling out, and you feel great, you know what I mean, in the first. So do you have a ritual
0: that you follow, like before every fight you do like, kind of the same thing, just like kind of like, not, not, not a superstition, but something that you just kind of got into that worked for you, so you kind of continued it from fight to fight?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like I do the same thing with, especially like the way he cuts and the water load and all that stuff, all that stuff's the same. As far as like, my wife-to-be, she is superstitious and I'm not so superstitious right. and Darren's superstitious he'll wear the same damn outfit that he wore <laughs> and Cam won the title he'll wear the same outfit <laughs> yeah that's my good luck fucking outfit that night but uh, so I like these last three fights I basically wore the same shorts I had the same walkout song but that was because Kaylee wouldn't let me. She's like, you're not changing nothing. You're not changing anything up. You've been winning. <laughs> like, that's what I always got. All doing, right. So keep winning. Yeah, it. whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Your fight shorts don't change how you're going to fight. You know what I mean? Like, you, come you come out, out to Johnny out Cash, to, right? No, I come out to uh, the beginning of Copperhead Red with the bagpipes. Yeah, Is that was. the beginning? Yeah, it's, it's really I had cool. uh, oh God, it's Chris Caden do it for me. It's the beginning of Copperhead Red with the bagpipes. And it goes into a pause. And then it goes to uh, Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. Nice. <laughs> I, that's what I come Pretty out awesome. to, yeah. I always try to go with, I, like, I've always stuck with the older songs. You know what I mean? Like, the more the older rock and roll type songs or bands back in the 80s or the early 90s or something yeah, like awesome. that. Yeah. I've never been really a big like a headbanger guy or, like, a rap guy or anything like that. So and I always, like, so when you work for a walkout song, you always want to go with, like, in my opinion, I like to go with what's, like, a stadium song. So if you're at Beaver Stadium, they're playing a song and a whole fucking crowd singing it. You know, eight something thousand people singing it. Like, that's the type of song I, I want because that's the type of song that gets the crowd involved. Right. And uh, I think I fought Dustin Kemp in Ohio, and uh, I, and then I was using uh, "Use Your Love" by Outfield, and uh, as I come walking out, the crowd. The, I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm in enemy territory. I'm in his hometown, and I had them announce I was coming from Happy Valley. So, Ohio State, Penn State, you already get the gist. Right. And, uh, they announced that, and they freaking, boo, and then they walk out the song playing, and the next thing you know, use your line. <laughs> That's all, that like, going on, it's like, all right. Well, you kind of won the crowd over that fight. Didn't yeah. You? yeah, yeah, they, well, they, uh, they come out, you know what I mean? They were singing with my song, and I ended up finishing Kemp in 45 seconds. I, uh. Well, I'll just tell you how the whole fight went because it was forty five seconds. But uh, <laughs> we started, and uh, we we you know, we started out. He come forward. He cracked me with the right hand. Like i like back straight up, which like you're not supposed to. And turned my head and caught well caught one right in the chin. And I remember thinking, "Fuck this!" Like I ain't I ain't doing that again. Yeah. And uh, so I I launched a high kick, and he got his arm up to block it, but it cracked him and. Uh, I slipped on a high kick, and like I went down to a knee and I popped back up and when I popped back up, he stumbled stepped forward, so I'm like I knew even though he blocked it, I knew I hurt him, yeah, and I knew he was a wrestler, so I came forward and when he shot, I hit like what we call in wrestling an elevator, and I just took him right over top of me he we basically he took me down, I rolled him right over top of me, we rolled right back to his feet, and I hung him with a guillotine, and then that was the end of the fight. And then uh, I, won the, oh, I won the crowd over. I was like, uh, in the special fight interview, he was talking, and I was like, hey, you know, I was like, you guys, y'all you don't like me too much here. Like, he's like, but y'all write my book. You know what I mean? So And then port- they started cheering.
0: How important is it to have that winning over that crowd? Is it is it hard to fight? Have you ever been in a fight where the crowd was completely against you, like you said, in enemy territory, and you just couldn't get the crowd. They're booing you. Um, Have you ever
1: had that happen? I mean, coming out, like, I've been booed, but, like, during the fight... Is that hard to kind of... No, I could care less, you you know what I mean? Because here's the the thing with, like, guys that want to just continue to fight in their hometown, um, you're not going to... If this is really what you want to do, and you really want to make a run at this, like, you're not going to fight in your hometown all the time. You're not going to go get signed to the UFC and still be able to fight in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Because they come to Pittsburgh once every five years, like... Yep. it's not gonna happen you have to get used to that and like i said as an amateur i was literally fight anybody anytime place, anywhere um i went to ohio went to toledo ohio which was a far-ass drive yeah. um that was a fight i took on four days notice against the seven and oh i had all first round finishes up there and uh I was supposed to fight a week after that. My guy pulled out and I got hit up and was like, hey man, I'm like, would you want to take this fight? We'll pay you like $300 for travel. And it was it was the first title fight that I won. And I'm like, yeah man, well, yeah, let's do it. I hit up one of my buddies and was like, hey, like, I had no cornerman to go with me or anything. So the guy that I just fought before that was from Ohio. His name was Jarrell Hodge. He was ranked number one in the nation at the time. And uh, he beat me and then the next fight, I was like, hey man, I don't have a corner, like you around that area and he was like, Yeah, I'll come up. So the guy that beat me <laughs> in the fight prior came up to Ohio to or came up to Toledo. He was from Akron. And he came up to Toledo, wrapped my hands and everything, cornered me and I went out and won like I was another, I had a great fight, dominated the kid, uh, went to a decision, won a 30-27, and uh, won the first that. title. But uh, what and that,
0: that says that was, a lot. Yeah, well what's cool about the fight game is uh, it seen before like you and I became friends over mm-hmm. a fight. Because a lot of times, they de- you'll fight somebody, and then you don't realize at the end of it, you've earned that guy's respect. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Then they'll, they'll invite you to their fight camp. They'll invite you to train with them. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of where where I love the fight game is. People think that everybody goes in there with this great anim- animosity towards each other. You yeah. Know, there's actually more respect in that fight game at the end of the at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of respect. There's there's friendships are be being Well, you no
1: know, matter how much you might hate somebody, like there's like I mean, you see it with like the Colby Covington and Kamara Lisman. Yeah. Like, those two hated each other. But they twice, you know, went 25 minutes with each other. And after the second one, you know what I mean, they literally embraced the and, you know what I mean. You can't literally fist fight with someone without gaining a mutual respect right. for them, especially when it's a sport. You know, I mean, it's one thing if it's out in the street or whatever, you're in a bar fight. But in a sport where all I'm trying to do is exactly what you're trying to do. You know what I mean? And we're both trying to get somewhere and it's just, you know, the better man's gonna come out and there's gonna be a winner and there's gonna be a loser. Um, As far as like, I've never really fought anyone that I've disliked, never really fought anyone that I, you know what I mean, had any issues with. Um, As You said about friends, like we was talking coming in, one of my best friends, like he's in my wedding and I'm in his wedding, uh, Cody Carlheim, we call him Lenny, we met in the center of the ring in front of fucking 1,500 people, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, that was how we met, and that was another crazy turn of events that I was supposed to fight somebody else, and the kid pulled out the week of the fight, couldn't pass his medicals, Lenny stepped in on five days notice, and I agreed to go up a weight class, so I went up to 155, and we met for the 155 pound title that's hanging on the wall up there. And we pick on each other non stop about it. Like I was like, Hey, remember when I beat your ass? Like <laughs> actually actually what's today, the first? And yeah, it was, it, it would have been May third in twenty fourteen, so I'll have to post something on his Facebook about it. How'd you say, win that fight? Uh decision. 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 Yeah. So like Lenny's good. Lenny Lenny was fine. Yeah, Lenny's a good jujitsu guy, very good jujitsu guy. And like after that, you know, he stepped up on short notice. I was still training in State College. Like I said, I sporadically came down to Dignans, like every once in a while I just do a little bit of cross training but somehow him and i've never trained before that fight and uh so i offered jason and his team I was like, hey man like i went right to the back and was like dude you stepped up on short notice like if you want to rematch you got it you know what i mean if you i'll give you i'll give you that you gave me this i'll give you that right. and uh jason come back i think we was getting ready to fight in altoona and we were like, what do you want to do? Like, we want to fight Lenny? Does Lenny want to fight? Like you want to, and Jason come back and said, no, we'd rather, we'd rather train with you. You know what I mean? Become training partners. And uh, so then I ended up coming down to Dignans. And next thing I know, me and Lenny are main training partners and we're hitting it off like best friends. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Obviously, I'm Batman because I won the fight. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. About uh, So yeah, we hit it. We hit it off, and we just became like best friends. You know, from there on out, and to this day, he like he moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, he hasn't missed a fight. You know what I mean? He was there in Johnstown last year. He was there in Monroeville when I fought, beat Gaffney last year. He was he was there two weeks ago when I won the featherweight championship. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just he's he's one of the best friends I have you know what I mean I can't but that's a simple fact of you know that's how we met we met by fighting each other yeah. and uh, we ended up becoming fucking friends from it so
0: one thing I noticed about you um, going back into your fight game is I think one of your biggest attributes is your grace under pressure um, when you come to that cage you always seem very calm cool, and collected mm-hmm. you don't get I mean I'm sure inside you're you got a lot of anxieties but you really control it very well when you yeah. walk in that ring like you own it and I think that's very, very important. Yeah.
1: So, like, you definitely get, like, nerves from it. You know what I mean? You're like, I mean, you're getting ready to fight somebody. like, right. And you don't know what's going to happen. That, that title fight I had three years ago, I think it was a minute in, my finger got caught in the fence and broke my finger. And my finger was shaped into a V. And, like, I couldn't make a fist. And that was on my power side. and I'm a Southpaw fighter. It was on my left hand. So I'm like, man, like, shit. shit, what do I do? And the kid I was fighting was a killer. I mean, straight killer. And it's like, wow, I'm up shit crick already. Like this is going to suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you don't know what's going to happen, but over the years and over the time of doing it, like you just, you build, it's like anything else. You kind of build an immune system to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, your very first fight out, you're nervous as shit. Hey, you can ask Cam. Like we thought Cam was going to turn around at the ramp. I'm like, nope, I'm not going out. You know what I mean? And now going out, he's so, you know, it's just so normal to him. Right. And, uh, for me, it just like, I always kept everything in, I've always kept calm, everybody does everything different, like Darren's boy Caden, when he fought, he's one of them guys, that slaps himself in the face, and gets hyped up, and you know what I mean, me, that's not me, I don't do that, and but if I do do that, calm. if I do do that, then I'm forcing it, you know right. what I mean, then I'm making it, and I've made that mistake, that's why I'm telling you, because I've done it, I'm like, You're to like I to do, do a, fight. Yeah. Like, uh, you know what I mean, but, hype thing yeah, and I'm, I'm mind fucking myself, when I'm doing that, so for me, and one of the things I've come to like learn is it's just another day, man. What well, we're doing out there is exactly what we're doing every single day of the week up here in the gym. There's just more people watching, you know? That's all it is. And so, I, and that's what I tell these young, like the younger kids like Sid and you know, Cam, well not so much Cammy, cause I don't really have to talk to him about mentality stuff. Um, but like Sidney and Sheldon and them up there like, it's like, it's just another day is all it is. Okay. If you're doing what you do every day of the week, you know what I mean, just relax, calm down, and listen to your coaches. Because like this last fight, everything that happened in that fight was literally what we trained for the last two months. Like everything, the way the fight went and everything that worked out was literally the same situation, like physically the same situation, same scenarios, everything we worked. And all you do is listen to your coaches. Listen to what you were taught. Listen to what you were trained to do. You know what I mean? Because they're sitting over here right outside the cage yelling, yelling, yelling. You know, telling you to do this, telling you to do that. You know what I mean? That's so All you got to do is listen. You got to be able to multitask, focus on what's in front of you, and hear what you're telling them. Because they're seeing things from yep. different angles so they, exactly. can, they can help out a little bit. Exactly, even if you don't feel like it's going to work. Like Darren will be like, it's two, three, two, two, three, two. And I'm like, man, I don't feel like that's going to work. And fuck it, I'm going to throw it. Two, three, two. Yeah. Wham! I'm at That Shit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it actually
1: work. I've seen uh, I've seen corners
0: where you have four or five coaches and they're all trying to yell the same thing. And that's uh-huh. got to be confusing for a fighter thinking, man, one of those guys should just be speaking yeah. and the other ones need to shut up. Because that's got to be frustrating as a fighter to be in there. So, You've a guy in front of you, you got nine guys. Uh-huh. Like, Who am I supposed to listen to? And there's there?
1: people in the crowd yelling, yeah, you know what course. I mean? Yeah, do this, do this, go to this, go to the body. It's like people, everybody's yelling. But one of the best things that these guys got going with Ray and Darren is... Ray's a jiu-jitsu guy. Darren's the striker and the wrestling coach. And Ray coaches jiu-jitsu and like cage work in wrestling too. Um, So Darren takes over when the fight's on the feet. Darren's yelling. But Darren has a voice that just carries. (laughs) I mean, carries. I'm sure you guys heard him when he's up here yelling at us while we're training. Um, And Ray does too. So there's two great things right off the bat. You know, it just comes natural. So... When the fight hits the ground, Darren stops. Ray takes over. If whatever Ray is yelling, Darren will yell. So, because Darren knows he's loud, right. you know what I mean? So he's like, Ray was yelling, bug the neck, bug the Yeah, you know, Darren, bug the neck, bug the neck. He doesn't necessarily know so much about the grappling part of it, but he's able to be loud enough to yell. So like those two are so good at like, you take over, I take over, you take over, I take over. That's so it else. doesn't get confusing, you know what I mean? And uh, it just, it works out so well. Like the first time Darren ever cornered me is when I I went down to Wilkes-Barre and I fought um, Brandon Siler. This was uh, 2017, 2018, I think. No, end of 2017. Um, I went down there and I was in the corner and like the kid did exactly what we thought he was gonna do and Dave come out and Darren's like get his timing get his timing he threw like one inside kick he's got God God you got his timing and I'm like Jesus Christ like, it's like, well, he's at me before. like God you're intimidating <laughs> like I was like alright like, alright I'll do it <laughs> but yeah he's it's it just it works out you know what I mean this white team
0: was... you have here has been I mean around this area you're not anybody
1: better no you
0: have, you have, you're, you're surrounded by great people um, very positive people I mean you have Cam and Sid, I mean, everybody you mentioned. So,
1: like, like I've said before, I came up, you know, I've been in it 10 years now. And that's like anything you do, and no matter what it is in life, you're going through, the years, there's like, especially like real successful people, there's this thing what they call a 10-year club. You know what I mean? A 10-year club is when you start to become a master of your craft because you've literally done your push-ups, you've done everything you need to do. Like in my case, I've done 10,000 rounds of sparring. I've done 10,000 rounds on the pads. I've traveled 10,000 miles to train. You know what I mean? Like, I put the time in to do the push-ups and to do everything. So I'm at that point now. And when I got started, was kind of the first wing of, you know, mixed martial arts in Altoona was kind of slowly progressing off. And there was me and there was a couple other guys. There was Chuck Gathers and, you know what I mean, guys like that. Charlie and Shona was fighting and Ryan Glunt and Lenny was around, you know what I mean? Travis Wineland. Um, So I'm with these guys, you know what I mean? Like I'm just getting started, so I got a name to make. These guys have already been doing it a little bit. As I'm doing it, you know, they kind of move on in life, whether they got kids, they get married, you know, whatever. You know what I mean, they're done. And that's what you'll see. You'll see this game weed out so many people. And I'm not saying a bad anything about them, like they're just they were at the point where they're ready to be done with right. it.
0: Um, it's a short-lived sport.
1: It is it absolutely, really is. and to go it's ten years ready. in it is. It's a milestone. It is yeah, basically yeah. it's it's impressive. It is. Um, from then till now, at one point I was the only one left, or I was the only one still fighting. I was the only one, and there was nothing going on here, so I had to go. You know, I, mean, I had to go two hours, go three hours, four hours to fight, and uh, to actually compete. So from then till now and if sport has evolved so much from then till now and when i tell you this group of fighters that's in altoona pennsylvania right now is some of the best up and coming fighters right? coming up like i'm telling you this because i've seen it right i've seen the first wave and i've seen now i'm seeing the second wave and i'm seeing them evolve you know what i mean i'm seeing them come up through and i'm, I'm a part of you know them getting better and them training um they are there's it just it's evolved so much somebody like cam is just an animal compared to somebody that was an animal like back then you know 10 12 years ago you know the guy that was 4 and 0 amateur that everyone thought was going to be a you know a monster cam would decimate because it's just evolved that much in the second wave coming through these kids here in altoona now sydney cam sheldon dan um Another one I would love to see come back to the gym because he would be fucking amazing. Is uh, Jason Wagner's boy Jordan? Yes.
0: He. I thought
1: he was training right here. He was. Uh, he found some girl to touch his peter, oh, and he left man. and never came back. Like that's oh. that's the that's the bad part about it, dude. Like you see so much talent, and you see so much like so many guys that are so good at it, you know. But uh, just other stuff in life, they let take over. Like if you want to do this you got to dedicate to it. Like this is is, so young. Oh, yeah. He
0: he still can because he's so young, but he was talented from a young age. Yeah. God, he could really... Like, he can
1: box. He can wrestle. You know what I mean? He's got a background in both. Like, the kid's... And he's got a mentality for it. The kid is built for it. It's just like, dude, just get your ass in the gym. Like, please, just come into the gym. Like, there's going to be days where you're going to have shit days. There's going to be days where, you know, you can't out-wrestle Cam or you can't out-strike me. Like, it's just going to happen. You know what I mean so you can't let anything like that discredit you, your mentality, if that happens during practice because we all have bad nights. Yeah. But, but you're never going to get any better if you're not there. No, exactly. You have to show up. That's all there is to it. You have to show up. And like I said, it's like <coughs> anything else, the more you do it, the better you get at it. You know what I mean? The more you chop wood, the better you're going to be at swinging right. an axe. Like That's just the way it is. That's
0: part of the grind. Like That's why I, I used the word grind all the time because that's what it is, man. you got to face the good and the bad. You know. Oh yeah. The order you get you have more bad than good but you know what every good one you have you're like hell yeah man he's yeah I mean, I mean there's,
1: mean, to see kids like him and Cam who are nowhere near their peak right. and see how good they are now like I can tell you from when I started when I was six seven fights in as an amateur Cam was twice as good as I was when I was six or seven fights in and you know what I mean he's just he has progressed so much faster than me you know what I mean like he's just I had but he had everything there for him you know what I mean he had Ray Giving him the opportunity here at right. this gym, this amazing fucking facility right. that I didn't have. He had coaches right off the get go that I didn't have because we did a bootleg program in State College. Like it was me and a hobbyist. Uh, the guy's name was AJ Madden, and I love him to death, and he is to this day still one of my great friends and every fight I have, every he still once every two weeks I get a text, like some kind of mentality thing from him. He was basically kind of like, like a life coach for me. And awesome. uh, he, it was just me and him. He just did it because it was fun. You know, it was a hobby for him. You know, he wanted to do it. He was there from the very first day I walked into a gym. He was one of the very first guys I've met. And 10 years later, he still, I haven't seen him in a while, but he's still calling me texting me, guiding me, social media, like he's, he's big on the marketing, like that's his thing. Like um, it's what his, his own business is, it's called something unfinished business. Like he goes in and helps you know struggling businesses turn over and come ah. back up. And uh, so the information he gives me, he gets paid tens of thousands of dollars to give out and he works with major, major businesses. So he's basically doing this because he's my friend you know what I mean? And he, he believes in me and he trusts me and all this shit. And guys like him, you know, I started with him and it was just me and him. And we'd go out in the gym floor and be, like, Hey man, you wanna spar? Like, pull somebody off the gym floor to come in and try to get like I'm telling you, it was a bootleg program. And I didn't have actual coaching until after I made my pro debut. Like I was eleven fight I think I fought eleven times in two years.
0: So your your whole amateur kind of your whole amateur career is kinda of like self made? Basically, kind of yes. Just, uh, you know, I
1: had some guys, like it was Ose, the boxing coach over there. Um, I had Saltzman, but Saltzman was only there for like six months because he graduated and moved out to California. And uh, a couple other guys, Mike Putnam, he was another he uh, training partner, good friend. Mike was one of them guys that like, he would come in some and then you wouldn't see him. And then, you know and I mean? He just wasn't fully committed. Right. Um, but when he was in, he was a good partner for it. But yeah, basically... I had, you know, it was hard to get all these guys in the room at once, we're here, you know, we're guaranteed four or five of those here every night. Um, so it basically, like I said, we ran this bootleg program and I won two amateur championships doing it. You know what I mean? And we were at the gym at the time. I don't really know what was going on, but at the time they really had no interest. Like the head guy running the gym had no interest in me. I was their first ever Amateur champ, MMA champion, they've ever had at the gym, and uh, you know nobody had really like the main coaches didn't really have an interest in you know working with me. I don't know what he was doing through, but he really wasn't. He didn't didn't want to be involved with fighting, and uh, so I had you know AJ you know watching videos and like running me through drills like he might see on videos or bag drills or something. And I had another guy, Sean Slater, he would hold pads for me and stuff because he trained before me, and uh, you know what I mean. We I didn't have a legitimate coach watching my back while I'm sparring every round, while I'm doing whatever I'm doing, teaching me how to do moves. I had no coach doing that until after I was already a pro. Wow. And, like, I trained for one month and took a... I, I started at the end of September and I fought at the beginning of November. I should have never, ever, ever done it, but that was just... I didn't know. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't know any better.
2: But you, you learned so much from mm-hmm. making... Those mistakes. I mean, and that's that's, that's uh, like what's I mean, really cool with this team now is that you can help. Like, yes. Him and Sid yeah. And, and that's you know, and those guys to.
1: to that's not the have biggest to make thing this. to me. Like I'm huge on giving back. You know, I mean, people message. I'll get I'll get people that message me that are like, hey man, I really want to try training. It's like, yeah. like I'll, and like I don't just let them on read and don't answer them. I, you know, I mean, I get your message and I'm like, yeah man, come on up. Like you know, this is the times. This is what the schedule is. Like you got to come in. Like just come in. Um,
0: and I'll tell anybody, listen, not to cut you off, but so when I trained with you, and I, obviously I was not very good, but going with you, you never, you didn't take your, your pro ability and beat the shit out of me. With nah. you. It was, you really worked for me, you taught me as I worked. We would stop in the middle of a sparring session, he'd be like, you need to do, get your hand up, you need <sighs> to not do this, don't do this again, so, and it was a learning thing. And that's what's nice about this. So if you are thinking about coming in, don't think you're coming in here taking an ass but you're going to come in and learn a lot. And yeah, it's, it's very, it's- very good.
1: You know what I mean? If I'm going with people that are hobbyists, like we say is hobbyist, or, you know, somebody that just, you know, wants to train, you know, they're not really, lo- if you're looking to fight, I'm gonna push the fuck out of you. I mean, I'm gonna push you hard. If you're, you know, just somebody that wants to learn how to train and stuff, then I'm just gonna move with you. You know, I'm gonna help teach you. I'm gonna help, you know, just help you out with it. Now, if you're, somebody comes in and you're a douchebag, yeah, right. then That's I'm going to hurt you. I'm a, you know but I mean? you actually have fun. Like, <laughs> while he's with you,
0: it was fun. we laughed. Like, yeah. There was, was that what day happened days. with
2: Scott? He walked in and got it ass uh, <laughs> Because I was just a
1: douchebag, yeah, pretty much. Okay. I'm just kidding. Scotty, uh, like you said, like it was the same thing. You know, Scotty was just there. He wanted to learn, and we just you uh, know, we trained with him. And as if i seen him do something, I'd be like, hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? You know what I mean? Work with him and all that stuff.
0: uh, And I was injury prone, so I had my ear blow out within two months. I remember that (laughs) He He wears
2: a shirt that says "Never Broken," and Uh, every time he does it, I say, "You're always broken." broken. Uh, You should just say,
1: "You're mechanically built." Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) my bad bad, knees went out, ear blew up. I'm like, God damn! Did did you know my brother before me? Because you were in the guard with my Uh, brother. Yeah, I knew Robbie.
0: I don't know, probably around the same time. When did I start training? I was thirty. Now I knew you first because. I came back from Iraq, and that's when I started training with MMA because I was okay. like 35 at that point when okay. I started training at 34. And then I went to that new guard unit, and that's where I met your brother.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. I he didn't have know. He has a brother named
0: Robbie who's, what is it, bro? 200 pounds?
1: Um, oh, two, 260, 250? He's not the size of me. So it's, I always said... Mom and Dad spent a lot more time on making him than they did me. He's funny he come out. He come out six foot three, 250 some pounds. Full head of hair, where mine's fading away. Which I'm really surprised he has a fight. I'm really yeah, surprised he never got. Bumped. He's like, I love him to death. He's my brother, obviously, but uh, he's he's not like doesn't have the mentality of a fighter. You know what I mean? He's not somebody that just. He's like a gentle giant. Yeah, isn't? for me, I it, like he's a, he's a strong, he hurt strong you? as an ox. I mean, that boy, he can swing a split ball three times harder than I can. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a brute of a human being. But, uh, like, even when we were growing up, like, playing football and stuff, like, I was the one that, like, if you're lining up in front of me, like, I'm fucking smashing you in the face head on. Like, like I wanted it. You know what right. I mean? Where he wasn't quite like that. I'm not taking anything away from him. He just wasn't, he didn't quite have that, like, you know, power, or like I'm gonna power through you mentality and it was hard to piss him off too. For me, like I got clipped by somebody and I'm like, all right, you son of a bitch, like, I'm getting you back. I got like, you next. I'm gonna be in the next, <laughs> I'm gonna be in the next plate, you know what I mean? I'm gonna, gonna bring that up
0: because I think that's part of being a fighter. I mean, you almost have to be ingrained with certain things. There are certain instincts that you just, you, you look for and that's one of those violence of action type of people. Like, yeah. I'm a, like, not you're not a violent person, but mm. you're violent of action, which means you'll take action against somebody. Yeah. You have no problem tangling up with somebody. That's something that can't be necessarily train. Sometimes you just
1: it, have to. Like, like people artist. think, like, they're like, how many fights you been in? Like in the street? Like, I've never been in a street fight in my life. Yeah, never I think once. a lot of the,
2: the most, the people in my life that I've ever met that were like the scariest people probably weren't in a lot of fights. The
1: calmest guy in the room is the one you should be worried That's about. Right. The guy Absolutely, the dangerous. calmest guy in the room is the most dangerous man in the room. But uh, like I, I'd be, I'd be at the local fire hall or something, and you know, fight break out, and it was right behind me. These two guys, fuck, start wrestling around with each other as a joke, and then it turns into a, you know, a ego contest. Yeah. And uh, they get into a fight, and then some lady yells across, "More!" I'm surprised you're not getting in. I was like, "Me? Was like, yeah." I was like, "Why? She's going not oh, you oh, fighting?" Friend. So I ain't got stock invested That's in right. this. I got my fight. Like, not I, get paid, I get paid to fight. You know what I mean? I don't need to do this shit. But I got no interest in it. You know what I mean? I just no interest in going out and getting... Like, if I'm going out or if I'm out to, you know, the bar or whatever, or I'm at a party, like, I'm there to have a good time. I'm not there to have a fight. Like We, we said a few episodes back, at, you always know a good fighter
0: because someone that's confident enough in their skills mm-hmm. are usually the people you met. No, met. They right. don't need to talk about how great they are.
1: Absolutely. Their they're actual to
0: prove it. But when you talk to these people, there's something like you and... You know, uh, Sheldon. Everybody's so nice. You want it on the street. You want to be like, God, these guys are fighters." But yeah, you guys are <laughs> killers out there. You're like, "God damn."
1: Yeah, it's just like I mean, it gives you a confidence. Like, if anything does go down, like I've had people like say shit to you, like, "Oh, you don't look like much of me," or da da da, like, going on. It's like, man, well, opinions vary, so That's right. I don't really care what your thought is. But I'll be sitting here
0: drinking my beer if you. If, and more questions. Yeah. I've <laughs> yeah. never really
1: had anyone, like, try to step to me, like, oh, I like, say shit. I've, had, I've heard people say shit in a bar or something. It's like, I don't give a fuck about you. You know what I mean? Not to be, like, a cocky prick, but who are you to me? Like, why would I care about your opinion? You know what I mean? I'm not doing it. You're here drinking. You're drunk yeah. three nights out of the week. Like, there's a difference between That That's why you were
2: watching last last week on TV. I was there. You know, like, that, yeah. that's the yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's the reality. Yeah, it's like,
1: it. like, you're... You know what I mean? You're wasting your life in a bar and fucking getting drunk all the time. I'm out doing it. You know? That's the difference. We're built different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You I work, got something man. I'm after and you got nothing you're after. So and that's another that was a big question I always got, like, man, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you want to put yourself through that? And the the uh, best answer I've ever found for it was because what I was after, money can't buy. You know what I mean? Winning that world championship 2 weeks ago. Can't, I can't I can't I can't purchase that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't no matter how much money I have, I can't go in and purchase that win, that feeling of being able to better somebody else and what he's trying to and what we're both professionals at. I can't buy that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can buy the belt for a couple hundred dollars, but what's what's good's a belt? That's like getting a trophy you didn't earn, you know what I mean? The to me, that was the biggest thing for it. It's like what I'm after. Money can't buy, you know. So every every guest we have on here
0: has a quote. Is that gonna be your quote for me? <laughs> a quote? That's his quote. I guess. Huh? Best things in life. Money can't buy. That and you
1: can't spell about S T D. That's even
0: better. <laughs> Actually, that's the one. <laughs> uh, so listen, I have a class coming up here in a few minutes, so I gotta get going. Uh, he'll wrap up. Um, anybody wants to find you, they find you on Instagram. At yes.
1: Ethan Goss. Um, Ethan Goss nine on Instagram. Go give it a like. I do a lot of weird shit. Like, I raise fucking wild raccoons, and, you know, too. I do excavating for a living. Um, me and my father, I'm back working with him. We do run the excavating business together, so I'm always posting stuff. Stuff like, my Instagram needs, like, I need to post more, definitely, but, uh, I'm always, uh, you know, trying to promote things, and do stuff. I promote my fights on there. Instagram and Facebook, I have a Twitter too. I don't even know what my name is, but I, I don't, I, to turn
0: to around goes, and I might have to go on Twitter now that Elon Musk I might have to go on Twitter just to see what happens. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Isn't that how many people, gonna, how many people he started losing? You might shut down everybody. everybody. I tell you, with uh, him involved in Twitter, you uh, might shut down Facebook. There was, and, a, there was a tweet from
1: Trump said, I'm back, bitches. I didn't even think, but like that was hilarious. I'm back, bitches. Like, like oh, oh good, funny. good. And then, like even Elon Musk said, he's like, I hope all my critics stay on Twitter music yeah. like, because it's the whole point of free speech. That's right. You know, And he's right. Absolutely right, man. Uh, God, like it's just it's it's crazy what this world has came to is people getting you know upset over the dumbest little shit you know yeah. uh, all this dumb bullshit that literally does not matter it doesn't even matter you know what I mean yep. and everyone you know you could talk about like what if something like it happened in Ukraine was happening here like what what does it matter if you're fucking transgender or whatever the fuck you think to call yourself Right. you know what I mean it doesn't matter because you're getting bullets slung past your head you know Exactly. so now it's the time where it's put up or shut up it's life or death so
0: when you live in a you know everybody's comfortable so they can come up with these crazy
1: whatever
0: like you live in somewhere like Ukraine where you're going to war all the time that kind of shit won't happen over there because you're too busy fighting for your life
1: this freedom in this country has made a lot of weak people a lot of weak minded people it's sad to say but that's just the way it happens. And well, there's, exactly. there's a few of us left that, you know what I mean, They're definitely have that mentality and stuff. There's there's, there's probably about more than you
0: think. Yeah. The there's
1: them. probably more than you think just because the guys that usually do have that mentality aren't the ones themselves. on social media. They're not the ones out, you know, doing all this dumb shit. Yeah. You just see all the other ones, you know, that are against it and getting their butts hurt over all the dumbest little shit. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: But You're right. It's, we got too much free time, too much... We gave too many. Freedom. <laughs> well, we got too confident. I get it. I I spent twenty years. I understand freedom, but at the same time, that comes with the cost. Exactly. The cost is we uh, have made possible, got to pussy. And you got to respect society. that.
1: You have to re- like. How do you not respect it? How do you not respect somebody like yourself or my brother who's been to war? Right. You know what I mean? Or my my uncle. My uncle's a brigadier general, retired brigadier general. Like he fought in Nam. You know Jesus. what I mean? How do you not respect a guy like that who's been there, seen it, done it, like? If you're gonna lack that respect towards them, then you're a shitty human being. Right. You know what I mean? That's just And that's where it's coming at now. Like yeah. know, everybody's
0: starting to nobody appreciates the past. Nobody looks at, at you know, things that have happened and, and why we're in the position we're in now, what it's yeah, taken yeah. us to get this if far. If this
1: if this generation that was here today had to fight yeah to the the British to take over the you know, America, we would have never even come close to winning. As them sons of bitches that they did ordered, that they were, they were the, the toughest. They were the toughest men in the world, same as the World War Two guys. They were some of the, the toughest 3%. men in the world. So
0: that's right I, have that three percent tattoo, and that's what that is. That's when three percent of the population took up arms against uh, Britain and won our independence. That's yeah, three percent of That means I'm one of the three percent. who will stand up against Thailand yeah, me. absolutely. You don't and have that anymore. You don't have that mentality.
1: You're com- and It's coming to that point where it's like damn near civil war is about to break out again because you got a left and you got a right, and there's just everybody's you know, going one way or the other.
0: I was just reading a thing the other day, and then I got to get going, um, but they were talking about how every society that's ever fallen, how they lasted so many years. I think it was like 240, 250 years. Oh, we're yeah. at what, 200, America's have been around 240 years now, yeah. Wherever it's been, yeah. they said, we're we're facing a lot of like things that were pointing towards the end of mm-hmm. our civilization. We're kind of killing ourselves. And it's scary to think about that though. Yeah. Know, I got kids and you know, I want them to grow up in, a, in the same way I did or better, unfortunately.
1: I yeah i mean we were the we were the greatest country in the world at one point we were. and we're. now we're not there's no other way to say it we're not you know and it takes a good leadership to come back to bring it back not to get political on right. it but like yeah that's right. what it takes it takes somebody that has the understanding of those guys that built the country back then you know they have to have the same mentality you know there's a there's a great saying and my dad said it to me um and any business, anything, anything that goes on. First generation builds it, second generation enjoys it, third generation destroys it. It's true. And that is exactly what the fuck is happening with our country. Yep. First generation build it, second generation enjoyed it, third generation is now destroying it. Yes, they are. So, And then when it gets destroyed, then tough men come back out and start rebuilding it. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) You think I got to run, I got class. You guys, great! Yeah, awesome thanks very videos. much for coming in. Yep, thanks you guys for having me. Finish we finish up without him. Yeah, He, every, every he wasn't much of a coach <laughs> <much laughs> right?
2: Just entertainment. Uh, so, when you got started, I mean, you've had, what, 15 fights? Uh,
1: 25. Wait, four, yeah, 11 pro, or uh, 14 pro and uh, 11 amateur. Wow. 25 total now
2: yeah I, uh, I just can't imagine I, I I mentioned this was when I was talking to Spoon actually exactly the same thing happened Scott got up to walk away and I had the same question you know but you know walking into that ring that's that all the training all the time spent you know all, all the it's that's the moment to cash the check I guess yeah you know what's that feel like what's it what's it like
1: uh, it's just like so you gotta be okay with all eyes being on you you know what I mean because you're up it's your time um it's, to me, it's like it's like a drug addiction. You know what I mean? That feeling of that competition where you're walking down the ramp and, like, you know what I mean? It's one of them things you strive for. Right. But it gives you a high, like, nobody can, nothing can ever give you. So, and that's probably why a lot of guys like BJ Penn fight way past the prime. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's something, like, I do not want to do. I don't want to, when I'm, you know, I want to know when I'm done. When the time's the yeah. time. And, uh, but that feeling you get, you know what I mean, you're, you're prepared, everything's prepared, you're mentally prepared, you're physically prepared, emotionally prepared, like, there's so many things that go into it, and you're just like, for me, when I go up the ramp, if you watch my walkouts, I go up the ramp, and I just kind of, like, raise my arms, and I take a big, deep breath, and I'm like, ah, like, all right, we're here, you know what I mean, go do your thing, man, so I just walk to the ring, and that's, you know, that's I go awesome. do my thing, so.
2: So, what do you have coming up next, What's the what's the plan,
1: well, I get married on the 21st. A oh, type of fight about yeah, to occur. Yeah, yep, 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 Domestic one about to occur. <laughs> <laughs> no. You got
2: a different different kind of ramp to walk down. Time, huh? <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, yeah, so I get married on the 21st, and then Lenny is getting married on the 18th of June. Oh, wow. So I was like, and I'm in his wedding. So I was like, you know what? I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm just going to enjoy Enjoy my win, you know what I mean? I'm going to come back in the gym. I think we got Sheldon and Dan to get ready for for uh, the 14th here in May in Johnstown. Come back, I'll help them get ready. Um, I'm going to South Carolina here this Thursday. This coming Thursday, we're going on a wild boar hunt. Oh, nice. Um, me and like, my friends and groomsmen and stuff. and uh, So I'm just going to take my time, and then after June 18th over, then it's right back on the ball. I want two more. For me, ideally, two more fights this year, uh, two more wins, and uh, that should put me. Like we spoke with the management team, uh, a good management team, Sucker Punch Management, who's Cowboy Cerrone, Rose Namajunas, who's a strawweight champ of the world right now. Um, you know they got a lot of good fighters and that are signed through them, and they're interested in signing me, and uh, so I, we're gonna look closer at signing with them, and uh, two more wins, and I think by this time next year. I'll be fighting in UFC, Bellator, PfL. Um awesome. at this point it's to me it feels undeniable. You know, to me it feels like it's what what's gonna happen, um going into it. So and uh feeling that way, I like I said I feel confident about it, it's just like going into the fight. I think one of the guys asked me about the fight, um, how do I feel? And I'm like, you know what, like I fought twice for a title before. I knew I was a contender. Like the difference now is, I know I'm a champ. Like I'm, I already know I'm a champion before I go into this fight. Like it's bred into me. Right. Um, you just, can't go in. You yeah. can't go in thinking you're going No, lose. I mean it's that, just that, like that I already, nasty. I already know I'm a champion. So, right. and I just went in and secured the deal and was the champion. That's you know? awesome. So, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what's next. Like I said, we're gonna chill here till after June, and after June, and it's back. I mean, I'm still like. When I say chill, it means I'm not in, like, I'm still in the gym. I'm in the gym every week. You know what I mean? So I'm training. It's just, you don't, like, it's totally different when you switch to fighting. Like, you have a camp. When you go to the camp, like, then everything gets ramped up. You know what I mean? Your sparring sessions get ramped up. You get pushed to your limits. You get, they try to break you. They try to beat you. You know what I mean? You just physically and emotionally get pushed to your, like, past your limits when you're just training, or like I'm working with these guys they are getting ready, like now it's their turn to get pushed. Like they're they're the ones getting a hard push, and I'm the one helping push right. them now. You know, where a couple of weeks ago it was the other way around, they were pushing me, and I was the one getting a hard push. Um, but that's what makes a team a team, you know? We got guys that can do that. You yeah. know, we all we all give back to each other. So when they're up, I give it to them, when I'm up, they give it to me, you know?
2: Nice. Well, I really appreciate you coming in. It was a nice meeting you. It was a great talking
1: to you. Yep, I appreciate you guys to having seeing where me. Where you go man. with this, man? Thank you. It's gonna be awesome. I appreciate you guys having me. This is, uh, like I said, first podcast I've done in person. Yeah. Well, I, mean, cool I know you're you but... Joe Rogan coming up. You got, <laughs> got, got to go see him. But uh, I wish.
2: Yeah. So, well, I, thanks everybody for listening. Yep. Thank you, guys.